It's Monday and people are pissed. It's been a while since we've been able to say that one, huh? Yeah, we've, it's been a while since it's been Monday. We put out some Monday episodes, but not not for the general, not for the general pub. This is yeah, uh, this is this is a bonus episode that is available to everybody, which means that it's not really a bonus episode, but it is. Right. And when we decided we were going to unlock this one to everybody, for a couple of reasons, as an incentive to get people on the Patreon, to get them uh, hooked on that Monday content, and also because it's Oscars week, so we've got uh, an Oscars special coming out Wednesday, and we didn't want, in case anyone didn't care about the Oscars, they should still watch that. But in case they wanted to get, like, The Last of Us or Scream Talk or Reaction to Chris Rock, we're probably not going to do much Scream Talk on this episode but want to give them something that will have the other stuff and not just movies, movies, movies. But uh, when we said we were going to make this one unlocked for everybody, you were like, damn. All right, then instead of recording it super late at night, maybe I should get my beauty rest so we can have some regular episode energy. And I didn't want to do that because I was like, no, I want people to see what bonus content energy is like, which is remote, uh, some audio issues brought to you by riverside.fm <laughs> and i don't know some of the classic aimless wandering that you get from regular brunch episodes yeah there's less pressure that comes with uh with bonus episodes where you're just like kind of firing from the hip and and um sometimes the low energy translates into goofiness and uh like good episodes and sometimes it turns into well, we clearly have low energy and we're trying to power through. I my my situation uh Sunday when we usually do the the um the bonus episodes, I had a like a weird and I said this to you, it was like a weird experience of um like I didn't do anything over the weekend, but I did so much nothing that it felt like I did a lot and I was fucking exhausted. And it was like a deep Sunday level of tired. So we punted till Monday morning. Here we are, and uh, we've got some stuff to talk about. I'm excited about this. Yeah, I've I've done that before, where you 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 can get tired of doing anything, and you can get tired from doing anything. Like a couple weeks ago, when I was just cramming Oscars stuff and trying to pick off all the uh, the the various categories, I was sitting in my apartment or driving like one mile to go to a movie theater. And I was still pretty fucking exhausted from legitimately sitting around and looking at a screen, which is what you do when you're doing fucking nothing. So anything can get tiring. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like it, it's it's your brain, especially like it, with you, like you we've been doing a lot of Oscar stuff, but you've also like your brain's been working overdrive to think of like content and to uh, like video stuff. Like, I don't know, you you've been burning the midnight oil a little bit. Yeah, my therapist uh, started last week doing the uh, hashtag take a break, Justin. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, uh, because I think that she noticed for the first time. That you were throwing pee on people. She, she's known me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, like for the first time since she's known me, I've been like, I did three things yesterday. She's like, ah, don't ramp it up too quick, pal. <laughs> You're eating and talking to one of your friends, and then you went to a basketball game after. This isn't going to end well for you. Running on E over here. Dude, On last night on Sunday night, I was also down to punt to this morning because I've just been drinking coffee, even if I'm going to go to bed in like an hour, which isn't stuff that I've done since like covering baseball games in my early 20s where it's like one in the morning – Fenway Park press box. Everybody's a zombie anyway. And it's like, I'm going to drink three cups of coffee so I can write one more paragraph. And then as soon as I get home, I'm going to fall asleep anyway, because none of this fucking matters. <laughs> Just take me now. But uh, yeah, I was, I did some coffee last night. Maybe it was because it was right before the last of us that I drank it. I thought my heart was going to explode and that I was going to die. Yeah. That... It, 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 it didn't feel like a panic attack. Like normally, that sort of my heart's going to explode feeling. Mm -hmm. It was just, I think it was just like pure unhealthiness. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm sure The Last of Us didn't help either because that was, uh, I would say, as intense an episode as we've seen since the the premiere. Like that was a that was a crazy episode. I don't know if we want to get into that right now, but like I was gonna say, start with Chris Rock, but fuck it, let's start with The Last of Us. We're gonna wrap up with Your Honor because we're always doing Your Honor on these bonus episodes. And typically the bonus episodes have some sort of hallmark thing to kind of bring us back together. I did learn that there have been patrons who have signed up for the brunch Patreon simply because they watch Your Honor and are so intrigued by there being a podcast about it. Because it is like the most – it's very like Daniel Plainview just wandering around and finding – like this This is gold. This is – there's so much money here yeah. that just isn't being touched. And, it's, and if, it's a situation where, like, again, I've said this several times, but, like, you don't want to be caught talking about your honor in public. You don't want to let people know you watch that shit. <laughs> and yeah. and famously, nobody else really watching that shit. The rating's not very good. So you've got to find – you've got to seek out people that are, are part of the your honor community. And once you find them, you got to stick with them. So we're oh. we're, we're out there. Providing a service for the people that want to hear Your Honor talk. But if, if we can add all 50 Your Honor viewers, that's pretty good. Yeah, there are dozens if of we, us. If we add all 50 Your Honor viewers, once Patreon takes its cut, that's what, like 210 bucks? Yeah. Give it to us, that's baby. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Get in there. We'd be making uh, more money than the show itself. Oh man, I actually was uh, I was doing some Oscars prep, and I had uh, I had Hong Chow. No, I had uh, Barry Keoghan's IMDb page up. Yeah, and I was glancing at it, and then I got called away, and then I looked back, and uh, I saw the most recent credit was Your Honor, and I was Barry Keoghan. The- yes, and then I realized that uh, I just also normally had uh had uh michael stuhlbarg's no. <laughs> imdb page up because that's just like one of my tabs it's your home page <laughs> yeah and i was like oh f-. like for a second i thought that keogan they were gonna squeeze keogan into one of the final two episodes that would be such a your honor move is to just get like a gigantic actor and save him for like the last episode <laughs> a burgeoning a-lister yeah toss into the the final episode uh but Man, The Last of Us, I'm stealing this from a uh, family member who texted me after and said like, that was a Walking Dead episode. And then I was like, yeah, but it was like the best Walking Dead episode. Yeah, I mean, it's that would that would have been like the number one Walking Dead episode of all time. Yes, exactly. And this would have taken The Walking Dead, depending on the season, between six yeah. and eight episodes. Yeah. Or later like later when I was watching, maybe one and a half episodes. And you're like, yeah, well, that could have been better. You guys just don't know how to split the difference. But this was action-packed, second straight week of Ellie episodes. And I feel like people weren't crazy about last week's. Was that the seventh episode? Yeah, seventh. And and Pe- I agree. People weren't crazy about it, myself included. So my big complaint with last week's episode was not that they – was not that they told that story and not that they um like went in that direction i had two big problems with it number one they spent the entire time on it and i felt like that could have been told in like a half an hour like half an episode they could have done that and done it as effectively and number two um the payoff of that episode of episode seven was not nearly as intense as it was in the game and i don't like doing like the constantly comparing it to the game but if where the show has more ability to like spread its wings and get creative and do things differently i think you have to do almost everything better than the game and this was like the one area where i feel like i can pick apart so far where they fell short of expectations based on the game i mean i just felt like as a viewer who doesn't know anything about the game there would only been a couple episodes <laughs> in the season, and we were told that she got bit in the mall. So you know how that episode ends. It's not going to be a surprise. So I, I I love Storm Reed. I was glad that she was in that episode. I thought that, that still that was like a, a good episode. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It just didn't reach the 
impossible standard that was set that continued to be set the next week. And you go from an Ellie episode where you're like, yeah, no, like I don't dislike Ellie. I'm cool with an Ellie episode, but it's got to be good. And then mm-hmm. the next week, it's I, I never care to see Joel again. Just give me <laughs> Ellie killing two, two very different versions dudes. of Ellie, though. And I don't know if that was like a conscious choice to put those back to back, where you get where you in episode seven you've get like, you've got like pretty innocent, uh, like beginning stages Ellie, young, young um I don't know she's a teenager young teenager. And then you got your really like unfortunate coming of age episode for Ellie in in uh, episode eight. So uh, that could have been conscious choice. But I think like the, the big issue that I had spending the entire time in episode seven was the fact that there were only three episodes. And that was one of them. Three episodes left. And to spend an entire side storyline on on something that like didn't really teach us all that much. Like it taught us that Ellie uh, is gay. And also that she it, it reinforced the um, like, y- you don't know what loss is. Yes, she does kind of deal. Yeah, man. I knew this episode was going to be amazing when I saw that dude, Scott Shepard. And I didn't know what his name was. But, you know, when you see an actor enough times and you're like, you know what? Mm-hmm. It's time we learn your name. And I texted you. You weren't watching it yet. But I was like, oh, man, this episode has that dude. Shit, what's he from? Ah, he's from El Camino. He's one of the dudes that pretends he's a cop. And then Jesse kills his buddy. I think he lets those bozos go. But he's the ultimate presents as potentially a good guy. Mm -hmm. But you know, at the very least, there's something creepy about him. Yes. Perfectly cast for this role. Perfect job. He and uh, Bella Ramsey were fucking awesome awesome in this episode i this wasn't the best episode and i think that people's people have had mixed feelings on this one because it is kind of walking deady but it's a million times more epic and like you said there needed to be a here's how ellie got from stupid rebel kid to like yo i do what i need to do yeah yeah, and and um, yeah, the this this episode sort of reminded me of um, the Spike Theory, where if a guy, if somebody, if an actor looks like they they're like a bad a bad character, like they just have that look to them, probably a bad character, or like yeah, they like did if I it. knew who Scott Shepard was and I saw the upcoming casting. I'd be like, ooh, I bet Scott Shepard did it. Yeah. That creepy fuck. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, like, he definitely had some, like, if you don't know, the, like, where it's going, I'm sure there was, like, a, hmm, this guy, this guy might be good. He's got, like, a tenderness to him. And then, you know, you start figuring out. But here, here's my question. I want, uh, I wanted to ask you this immediately last night, but I decided to save it. Um, did you... Did you know by the time they had the like the 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 cannibal reveal? Did you figure it out before that? No. Really? Okay. Because I th- I mean th- th- I I suspected it. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it though. Th- you suspected it though. Th- like it it crossed your mind. It wasn't like yeah, a big they, shock. They had the. Uh, I, I mean, I I think unless I'm crazy, they were leaving crumbs. Yeah. Right. So that's why I was. That's why I was. I was wondering, and I and I was curious to see if they were gonna explicitly tell that tell that side of things or if they were going to kind of like just allude to it and have it be mm-hmm. like a little bit of a like see if you can figure this out like when they had um when they had what i forget his name shoot uh what's his character's name scotty scotty boy oh uh david david yeah yeah when they had david mm-hmm. eating um eating a different meal at the dining hall when everybody was tearing away at that stew and then yeah. they, they the uh, like oh this is venison before they pull in the deer uh like right. I, that would have been enough to i think you know suggest it but then they really they were like oh you're eating people yeah the the venison thing was where i was like eh. yeah and these people are and also just how suspicious and uh well you could kind of see it on james's face yeah by the way if anybody doesn't re- doesn't know the guy that plays James in this episode is the guy who uh, voices Joel in the game. So that was a bit of a mind fuck for me going through this episode. 
shout out that guy. I texted you. I was like, more than anything, that guy looks like a video game character. <laughs> kind of does, yeah. He should have been in uh, in Free Guy. <laughs> Famously, the only other video game movie that's ever been been made. The only other video game thing I know. I know. But I what as I was watching this episode, knowing like oh, some of this stuff happens in the game. I'm like, man, video games are clearly just a thing or became a thing that I just don't even know. Like, they, they, are there like scenes in video games now yeah. where like you watch something happen to your character and it sets up. Yeah. All right. Now, this is why you need to do this. That was I'm an old. That was never a thing in video games. Eventually, like maybe with some PlayStation games, they'd have a little bit of that. What do you but, mean? Like, what about like Grand Theft Auto? Like, all Grand Theft Autos has. That's has, what like, I'm saying. Yeah, has like a story. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like, play like with uh, PlayStation games, it started to introduce that. But other than that, it was like very brief, like ten second clips that you can just skip through, click through. I mean, you and, can still play it that way, but like, there are there are like very good stories that are contained within a lot of video games. Yeah, man, it's just a – I'll never say never. I don't expect to ever get into that world, but this show has definitely taught me or emphasized that video games are just this whole world mm-hmm. about which I know extremely little and a cool world. Yeah. I, like, I Sometimes I'll joke like, oh, uh, like uh, Mark Bertrand was talking on the radio the other day saying, do I need to see The Last of Us? Do I need to play The Last of Us? Everybody keeps saying it's good, but I didn't play the games. I need a recommendation from, like, someone I trust who blah, blah, blah. So I texted him, and I was like, yo, The Last of Us is as incredible as everybody says. Third episode is as incredible as everybody says, and I didn't play the game because I'm not a fucking nerd. (laughs) I make little jokes like that, but in no way do I think it's nerdy. No, it's, it's just not. a it's, fucking cool thing. Yeah, man. like if you didn't know that it was a video game, you would watch that show and still be like, "This is incredible." Yeah, and I think Speaking like it, incredible. It's that's and that's part of I think the, the reason why it is held in such high esteem is that like the story is so good that it translates. Like they're sticking, they're sticking true to basically everything in the video game. And yeah. it's translating to an incredible story on screen. So, I mean, it's, you know, sometimes you see a a movie so good, you you need to read the book. Yes, I'm sure people, and I'm not there yet because I don't have a system or anything, and I don't. Well, if I buy a system, I'll never leave here's the, the thing. The house or it's, something. They're planning this extremely well. They're releasing. Um, so before this, The Last of Us was a PlayStation exclusive, so it was only available through PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five, whatever. After the series ends, uh, or season one ends, they're porting it to PC, so it's available to anybody on PC in March. Uh, uh, so you could play did, it. Why does David let Ellie go? Is that like the chunk job of the Millennium, or does he just does he truly somehow believe in his heart of hearts that's his best way of getting Joel? I think that he probably believes that's his best way of getting Joel. Like it, letting her go lets her lead them to him it's such a risk though it really is especially when you don't know what joel's status is like he he comes to the conclusion that joel's down and out based on ellie being out on on her own but like what if he just trusted her to hold her own uh, like hunting yeah. and you go back and joel's in, in in great shape and and fucks you up like i mean the only thing he knows about this girl is that she's able of She's capable of holding him and his friend at gunpoint. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, he def- and killing like, a deer. The, a big part of this episode is David underestimating Ellie, and uh, I make fun of him for that. But I think that's part of the character. Rightfully, though. I think that's part of the character too, where he has like this god complex, where he thinks that he can manipulate and control everybody, and like. I guess to his credit, he has to this point, but he he bit off more than he could chew with Ellie. Whoa, bit off. Got him. It's a reference. <laughs> it's a to cannibal the, joke. The Eli Roth film, The Green Inferno. And if you think I didn't think about the movie The Green Inferno while watching that episode yesterday, you are crazy. 
great episode. Two episodes left. One right? episode left. One episode. There's left. one episode. Is that how it works? There's one episode left, and it's 43 minutes apparently, which what that is that's concerning. That's pretty concerning. There's there's not like a ton left, but there's enough. There's enough to do, cover more than 43 minutes. The Bill and Frank episode was 75 minutes. Like yeah, I mean I, I hope can't, this I, is another Bill and Frank episode. <laughs> I uh, so that was like my big problem with uh, with last last uh, episode where I guess two episodes ago, episode seven, where they spent the entire time away, knowing that there was only three episodes left. So I'm not sure where we're going here but i've tried i i've i've put my faith in uh in the show to this point and it hasn't really let me down so we'll see where we get in the final 43 minutes i guess you recommended the uh, pedro pascal vanity fair lie detector yes Is it vanity fair that does those yes vanity fair uh i didn't watch it but my phone heard you say it so it's been now I'm getting recommended to you. Pedro Pascal videos on YouTube, which uh, tell you who's complaining. Nobody, Not a damn person. <laughs> yeah, nobody. And just walk around all day saying Pedro Pascal and see what your phone gives you. You're not going to be disappointed. Oh boy, it recommended to me a video in which Pedro Pascal and John Favreau ate the snacks of their countries. And said, like, what's better, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or some uh, Chilean thing? And they it was just John Favreau and Pedro Pascal eating. And I have a thing with like watching people eat. Like if I'm sitting with you and like you're talking with food in your mouth and everything, I'm looking away. I'm grossed out. This was like my favorite video I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And I have, I have, I just love watching John Favreau eat. Yeah, I mean, the Chef Show is a, a real hidden gem. If you haven't watched that, um, I- incredible. Yeah. So, but they're both, uh, yeah, like they they start off. They're like, okay, uh, here's like this really well made Chilean uh, dessert versus a Reese's peanut butter cup, and Pedro Pascal's like. I don't even need to eat these. Reese's peanut butter cup is the best thing in the world. <laughs> He's so daddy. Yeah, you know? he really is. He he has, he has immaculate vibes. Uh, just He's nothing wrong with that guy. Also, I'm looking at the um. That's crazy. I'm I'm looking at the the runtime for this season of The Last of Us. The finale is the shortest episode of the season. Crazy. Wow. Eighty one episode one. Eighty one minutes. Episode two. Fifty three. 75, 45, 59, 59, 56, 51, and then 43. That's insane. Short King, huh? Yeah. Really, really cool. Uh, you see Chris Rock? Um, I didn't see the whole thing. I saw I saw the stuff that everybody's talking about, basically. Like, I, I, got, I got the clips. I got the clip show. Okay. Beginning of it, I was so annoyed because, of course, like every comedy special the last – 300 years it's like boy everyone's so woke huh why is everybody being so woke and i'm like man literally do if you do anything as a comedian other than why is everybody so woke and if you do anything as a movie other than eat the rich i will like you and be interested Mm -hmm. so chris rock comes out you do you do not want to watch the new season of uh of you by the way because it is entirely eat the rich <laughs> all right i mean I'm, I'm i'm not shedding any tears for the rich but i'm just like how many times are we going to do this right. same thing over and over and over again but to chris rock's credit even in doing the like man everybody's so woke thing he got some funny things out of it and some funny observations like he was saying like white people uh are mad that there aren't uh, like white couples in commercials anymore. And he's like, it's not like there are black couples in commercials. Every couple in a commercial the last like five years has been mixed race. Pretty (laughs) much. Like funny observation. And so, I mean, he was still Chris Rock, even though he was doing some kind of tired topics. There were funny jokes throughout, but 
I kind of when wonder, he got to the will. I was gonna say I kind of wonder where like the public consensus is on uh, Chris Rock, like in 2023 because he hasn't done anything good in the past like five years. He's got a lot of detractors. I will tell you that. Like the the Saw movie that he did was terrible, uh, and that oh. the, it was like hooked on him too. Like that was like their big sell was we got Chris Rock. And Samuel yeah. L. Jackson, and that movie was terrible. Um, terrible. That, I kind of liked it. <laughs> it was bad, dude. It was bad. Spiral was very it. bad. Um, yeah. Then he was in Fargo. That also wasn't very good. Like, I don't know. Like, he hasn't done a whole lot of stand up. It's the, the most uh, notable no, thing no, that he, he did was get slapped in the face. No, he had that uh, other Netflix special, Tambourine, which was okay. You're, like you're. It would be like if Michael Jackson were still alive and still putting out songs where you could be like, dude, why are you doing it? You're you're never going to, to have or to do what you did. You were legitimately the greatest. Like if like if Larry Bird's still playing basketball. Yeah, like, but man. it all it, it, we got to a point, though, where like Chris Rock was doing a lot of stuff and I was like, ah. Uh... I wonder how his money is right now because he was like doing like Verizon commercials and shit too recently. And before I'm that, always, I mean, if I, before if that, I'm it seemed like he rich, was. I'm always doing that. Say again. If I'm super rich, I am always doing that. Rashida Jones is doing commercials. Paul Giamatti, man, like, uh, yeah, it's yeah, I'm like I'm not, I, I'm not going to hate on anybody for getting their money, but like it seemed like Chris Rock was totally cool with. Not doing anything other than the grown-ups thing for a se- like several years, and maybe it's just because like his kids grew up a little bit, and he had like a bit more time, and and could start focusing on other things. But like he's kind of struck out in a lot of areas leading up to this until he got slapped in the face and got that kind of like revived his career in some ways. He's also, I mean, he's got some of the Clapton thing where every time he's in the news, people are like, "Let's resurface this," and uh, the clip of him. In the with the, I think it's like called comedians on comedy. The the thing where he and Ricky Gervais and Louis C.K. and Jerry Seinfeld oh, are right. hanging yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. There's a and then Louis C.K. says the N word about the N word that uh, is pretty unsavory. Where everyone comes away from it being like, I like Jerry Seinfeld? Question <laughs> mark. We're just Seinfeld's like. Dude, like this isn't fun. Like, I don't find any humor in this. Louie, you shouldn't be saying that shit. <laughs> Ricky, why are you saying it now? Like, dude, <laughs> stop. Um, but uh, I'll tell you what. Chunk job of the millennium. The deal that Chris Rock made with Netflix. He already had a deal for this special. He had a oh, two no way. special deal. Yeah. So he already signed it, and I think it was two specials for. I think I heard it was forty million dollars, which not good not deal. bad if you can get it. But if he had waited until after the slap and was like Netflix, he could have doubled you that. You get man. the Will Smith special. I God, you're getting what fifty million dollars for one special? Yeah, and he didn't. Uh, famously, he did not do any Will Smith stuff on his tour that on which he embarked right after the Oscars. But uh, I thought the Will Smith stuff <laughs> in this was was funny. He sounded like Mike Felger with the oh, – everyone said he was a bitch and Charlemagne called him a bitch and he just said bitch like 400 times in a row. I honestly thought I was listening to, to sports talk radio. But the, the points he made were fair and funny that like – of all the people on whom he could take it out, yeah, he chooses little old Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny, but like, I I understand waiting a year to to address it just for like you said it, it was like it's like the pettiest move of all time. You let it kind of like you kind of let like the the cycle die, die down, and then you revive it a year later. Uh, especially like a week before the Oscars, I think that's kind of funny that like Will Smith's gonna get absolutely buried two weeks two weekends in a row um, because it's obviously coming at the Oscars next weekend too. Um, but if you're gonna wait a year, you have to make sure that like the the material crushes. And I don't think 
that he said a whole lot that hasn't already been said by everybody else in the year that it's taken to get to this point. But you don't think it's satisfying though to get it? And again, like I, I just called him a bitch. Like <laughs> initial reaction to the whole thing, which was, I hope Will Smith's okay. Something's wrong there. You can't fucking hit people, man. What are you doing? Like you got to get in trouble. Everyone's got to get mad at you. You can't hit people. I also hope he's okay. But you, like, you didn't find satisfaction in seeing Chris Rock be like, yeah, of course. Like, like what the fuck? Why that fucking guy hit me? Yeah. I, th- I mean, I, like, yeah, but, like, he could – in a stand-up special, I think that you want something funnier than him just being like, yeah, telling the truth, you know? Like, like yeah, it, it hurt me or whatever, but, like, all, that's, all the stuff that he said was not, like – shocking it was not uh relevatory uh and it wasn't it, it could have come from any comedian other outside of chris rock too like any comedian could have had any of those thoughts but one is the main subject right the but that's what i'm saying like is the main person in this right that's why i would want to hear something that was more like this could only come from Chris Rock, who had direct involvement in this. What do you want him to like have like extra information? And then he fucking emailed me and he sent me a virus. That's right. Yeah, like Will any Smith of that. Sent me a virus. Any of like any of like the in the year since, like any of any of that stuff. Like all of the shit that he said was essentially jokes were made about all that stuff in like the week after. I guess outside of the like he could have picked on anybody except for me. Oh man, I I thought it was great. I didn't think I that it was it great. Was... I thought it was fine. I I'm confused as to what you want. I know that it's hard for you to say what you want because you're like I'm. I want yeah, I'm not Chris a Rock comedian. Who's funnier yeah, than right, me yeah. to have this big thing. But I thought the the storytelling of it was very Dave Chappelle, and I always love that where you where you recap something that everybody knows, but just the delivery and the sensationalizing of it. Is so funny, like the that him saying. Boy, I was sensationalized. Uh, that his wife fucking interviewed him about sucking that, the other that, guys. So that dick. was funny. I thought that was funny. Like I, I thought yeah. him be and him setting it up of being like, <laughs> I wouldn't talk about this, but for some reason, yeah. they fucking put it on so the internet. That that part I thought was funny. Like the the, the like the recapping of the Will and Jada situation <laughs> was funnier than anything that he said about the slap. Yeah, but that's all part of it. It I, is, but, like, if that's the only thing that I thought was, like, that funny. I don't know. Like, I, 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 I got to say, Will Smith. An underwhelming return on the year, year-long year wait, I would say. Being unfair to – being irrationally unfair to Chris Rock. You know, Will Smith doing that handshake meme. Uh, all right. Do we do your honor? Yeah. Uh, do we have any uh, – let me see. Let me check the rundown. Uh, we wanted to push the Patreon hard, by the way. So g- get on the brunch Patreon because this is a bonus episode. You're get this is the type of energy that uh, is famously not heard on regular episodes. If you're confused, if you're thrown for a loop, this is a bonus episode, and this is the type of thing you get every week on the brunch Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/listen to brunch. All of the Oscars mini episodes are on the brunch YouTube right now. I think they're also going to be on the main podcast feed yep. but we recommend video for that but it, uh, it is available this... if you're on spotify if you're on if you subscribe to us on mm. spotify there is in-house video people have been raving about it and it's, it's 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 incredible i will say it's incredible and this wednesday we will have our oscars preview episode which will also be very video heavy that is going to to rock pouring a lot of work into it think you'll love it so patreon.com slash listen to brunch again you're getting all the things that we just mentioned for free anyway but patreon is a way to show love for the podcast uh help pay for some of the extra things that uh we've been doing because uh, you got to spend money to make money we say so we've been spending money while one of us has been unemployed and feel great about it yeah for sure the content feels good we feel like the emotional payoff is good so we just need to not now uh, die as a result of it. Construction so on the new studio uh, begins this week. Uh, we are putting 
a whole lot of energy and money into the video presentation. Construction on the new studio starts this week. I'm very, very, very excited about it. So, uh, yeah, so support the show. Uh, we appreciate you. Hopefully you appreciate us. Patreon.com slash listen to brunch. Also, the YouTube is YouTube.com slash at listen to brunch. I don't know why YouTube yeah. makes you do the at symbol um, for, mm. for that shit. But it's at listen to brunch uh, after YouTube.com. So uh, please subscribe there. We're trying to get those numbies up. I think once we hit a thousand subscribers on YouTube, we can start monetizing that as well. So uh, if you haven't, if you have no interest in the YouTube, and you've got a YouTube account, please just subscribe and do us a favor. Like we'll we'll take we'll take your pity subs. You don't have to pay for anything. While you're there, get on Pete's and my YouTube's as uh, as well. I don't really Uh, care about my personal one, but if you want to do that, go ahead. I I prioritize the the brunch one. I don't know if you follow me. I do. Okay, I followed you the other day because I realized I was like Pete has one. Mm-hmm. I should be following him. Thanks, it's great buddy. content on there. Uh yeah, Incredible. let's get into some some Your Honor stuff. Your Honor episode 18, 2.8 is the kids say, the third to last episode of Your Honor until with any luck popular demand will will cause it to come back for a third season. As of now, it's not in the cards. Us uh, and J- th- uh, Jamie Lee Curtis doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Yo, we need to root for Jamie Lee Curtis to win Best Supporting <laughs> Just so that her uh, her sp- uh, Best Supporting Actress speech might include a, a nice little nod to Your Honor. She gets up there and she says, Your Honor, I love Your Honor. <laughs> she Is, breaks Joe Pesci's record for shortest uh, acceptance speech. Has Jamie Lee Curtis won, uh, won an Academy Award? I don't believe so. Let's see. It would be in the top section of her Wikipedia page. Uh, as well as nominations, no. So uh, she's only been nominated. Uh, she's won a BAFTA and two Golden Globes and two SAG Awards. But would be incredible for us to say Academy Award winning actress demands your honor yes. season three and, and, and involvement in it. So, come on, Jamie Lee. <laughs> She's got a very good chance, which isn't something that I thought I'd say a while ago. But that is the only category in which there, in which nobody has minus odds. Angela Bassett, Kerry Condon. I think Angela Bassett is plus one twenty-five, mm-hmm. and then Kerry Condon and Jamie Lee Curtis are both plus one seventy-five. It's close. So, it's close. I don't think it really should be. I think that, like, Jamie Lee Curtis shouldn't win, but I'm sneaky pulling for her now because what a speech that would be. All right. This episode of Your Honor is set in the future, and uh, it's so set in the future that Michael and Fia are living in a sitcom, and Carlo is now smart. I know. The, 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 the fluctuation of Carlo's character in this season has been unbelievable. Like, the first... The first couple of first episode or so, extremely dumb. Then he starts to really tie it together, and you you think that you're getting like some some strong Carlo redemption, and then just has another episode or two of him just being an absolute buffoon. And now he's a businessman. <laughs> now like he's he's got his head on straight. He's he's really got it together, and he's he's smart. If you're wondering, smart. Pete and Deej, how are how is Carlo smart? Here's how Carlo's smart. Uh, he's showing Jimmy these uh, revolutionary security measures, which are basically, you know how you can only see what's on security cameras if you're in the room that the security camera is covering? Well, what if there was a way to see the security footage from another place, like a back room, or even on your phone, and Jimmy is kind of impressed. Yeah, <laughs> which I, maybe it's maybe we shouldn't be criticizing Carlo for suddenly getting smart. Maybe we should criticize Jimmy, a uh, criminal mastermind and extremely su- quote unquote successful head of a mafia family, for being a fucking idiot who doesn't realize that apps exist. 
he is like, wow, son. And, and but but Carlo's doing it in a way where you're like, no, the show thinks he's smart. The show is telling us he's smart. He's saying things like, off with a click of a button, or you can access it all right here on your phone. And legitimately, like, if you've seen Casino, which came out in, I don't know, like 1993, that's like dated technology yeah. in that. <laughs> they should have done like a full scene of Jimmy being on his phone billing. And so, show me how to do this again. I got to go to the to the application store and... He's like, yes, you're, oh my God, you're, you're, why is your phone in airplane mode? What, 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 what is this? And it's just like, he's got like viruses on his phone. <laughs> it's ridiculous. A um, full episode of Jimmy not being able to work his phone would be awesome. So, I mean, Jimmy can't work many things. He's got a, he's having a, a tough Including time. his own wife. Life. Yeah. The whole thing. Uh, the Michael and Fia stuff, it's legitimately shot and presented like a sitcom. Yeah. It's all like rosy. Fia runs down the stairs and is like, oh, I'm running late. And there's a laugh track. It's <laughs> what? And that, that's how that episode opens. And you're like, where the, how the fuck did we get here? Rosie Perez enters the scene like Kramer, just fucking slides through yes. the door. <laughs> Gla- like breaks through the glass, even. <laughs> we should definitely. Now that we, I think we, we've uh, we've we've jailbroken um, streaming services where we can record yeah. we can record video. We should do a laugh track to Your Honor yes. and and sweeten pre- Your Honor. Yeah, presented as you know, what if Seinfeld was a was a, a horror show or like a thriller? What if Your Honor was a comedy, which it already is? But what if Your Honor had a laugh track? Oh my God! Perfect. We can do that. Your Honor as a, a comedy or as a sitcom. A, a, to be honest, we could cut Your Honor down to yeah. 21 minutes. And then honestly, like, it feels like shooting fish in a bear. It feels too lazy to even execute that uh, yeah. because it's so close to that already. An easy, easy, easy scene from this past episode that would, would, uh, would transfer to a comedy is Gina almost hitting Big Mo with her car. <laughs> and the, the standoff that happens there, it's just like... 14 minutes of like all the characters in that scene staring at each other and with the most dramatic music and it keeps just like switching from like close up zoo- close up stare to close up stare and it- <laughs> I don't have time to do it this week but we're absolutely doing that because it's I I can hear it now she almost hits uh she almost hits Big Mo and it's like <gasps> yeah. The audience gasps and then they cut and then you see that it's Gina. Yeah. And the audience laughs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like ah, <laughs> fucking Gina. And then the next four minutes are just like Ooh. they may as well like have like like the hands by the belt, like with the gun and like the itchy like fingers. <laughs> like Yeah. It's and like Big Mo's whole gang is on the sidewalk staring at Gina. <laughs> A lot of Mexican standoffs yes. in this one. Uh as you mentioned, Big Mo is opening the club, which uh, is apparently directly across the street from the hotel. Did we know this? Yeah, we knew I this. I didn't. Yeah, we knew this. Okay. Yeah. Because so, there's uh, a scene earlier in the season where Gina is standing on her balcony. They, the, yes. the Baxter family does a whole lot of standing on the balcony, looking over the street and being right. pissed off. And in one of, those, one of those sequences, you can see Gina looking at Big Mo down on the street. Okay, so the opening of the club is a major point of contention between these two families and the violence is imminent. So about one hour before the club opens, each family asks, Hey, what should we do about this? And uh, should we prepare for this? (laughs) They show each of them being like, Hey, you see that club's opening tonight? Should we have any security? Yeah. Let's get some security. What else do you have going on? I know your daughter quit the family, but what else do you have going on that you're just being so I know flippant. I know about what the christening, dude. Yeah. <laughs> We've spent nine episodes planning this christening. christening. We we might all get shot tonight, but just in case we survive, we should have a plan for the christening. Uh, Michael goes to the bank to see what happens to Adam's college fund. And not only does the guy give a great big 
your son is alive <laughs> speech. Uh, when Michael tells him Adam died and he just wants to know what he can do, the banker is actually kind of stumped. This is a banker. Yeah, this guy doesn't has not know handled what to a do. dead person's finances ever in his life. Legitimately? So, like, he turns to the computer and starts, like, clicking around, and he's like, uh, let me see. I just Googled 529 account, and you can withdraw the money, but it has income tax and a 10% penalty. That's like, in the time that he was clicking around, <laughs> myself, a non-banker with horrible finances, figured this out. I feel like any banker should know that off the top For of sure. their head. Also, somewhat confused that, like... We've been taught to this point in the show that everybody knows who Michael is, and everybody knows Michael is disgraced. And Seattle, yeah, and <laughs> he tells this guy who oper- operates an account for him, and he has no clue, which was a bit surprising for me. Yeah, you are right. Michael is for sure infamous. Yes, and like this guy really steered into your son is definitely alive, and we should we should. Uh, even as like Michael was being outwardly somber, he was like, "Okay, so we got plenty of options. Uh, what's uh, Adam can do whatever he wants." And, and Michael's like, "No, he can't. He's fucking dead." He's like, "Oh no, don't go hard on on Adam. You're alive, son. He sure can. I'm sure he's a he's probably a little pain in the ass sometimes, but don't speak so ill of him." He's like, "He has been murdered. There is a boy who does murder drawings about it all the time." <laughs> And he's like, oh, well, which college will your alive son attend? <laughs> Let me just click around. I'm on what's I'm on collegeboard.com. What are Adam's SATs? I'm sure I can find an answer on Reddit here. Let's find out. I hope Adam, your alive son, doesn't go to a party school. <laughs> I've got an alive son myself. <laughs> Look at us. We're not so different. Couple of family men. How's your wife? (laughs) (laughs) What a banker. (laughs) Oh, the best social skills I've ever seen on a banker. Okay. Uh, Now let's play Is Your Honor Stupid or Is DJ Stupid? Okay. Because I was stumped for this. Love this game. And I just quickly wrote it down and decided not to think about it until we discuss it. Lee is trying to get a deal for Eugene, Mm -hmm. who is just murder-drawn away while he awaits trial in jail. And she says to the prosecutor that she knows Michael fixed the Carlo Baxter trial. Yeah. And I say, didn't we already know this? Yeah, didn't – isn't that why he went to jail? Yes, exactly. So why else would Michael have gone to jail? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> like Your Honor, Your Honor gets this one. Yeah. Like I that's that was very confusing to me is like, wait, why the why the fuck is Michael disgraced if we if not if not everybody thinks that he threw the case? Yes, literally and if it were anything to do with the car or Kofi Jones, he would be Charlie's like Charlie's in jail. He, what say again? Charlie, Charlie's right. Charlie's in jail. Right. And, like, Michael's probably in jail for a lot longer than he was in jail. Dude, you know how fucking pumped I am that I'm not the stupid one this week? I mean, <clears throat> that's that's a crazy a crazy thing that, that like, <laughs> they just blew past that. And, yeah. You like, sound like a parent who just realized that, like, your kid is lightly getting into drugs. And you're like, oh, okay, like. This is actually – there's kind of something wrong here. Uh, let's just get a, a handle of it and uh, try to sort through this. So Lee's whole, like, uh, power play here is knowing that Michael threw the case and saying that, like, she's going to bring that forward so that they have to throw out every other case that he basically worked. And it's going to be a nightmare for the for the DA to handle. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, Michael went to jail – what did he go to jail for? Presumably for throwing the case. And so that that hasn't already presented a nightmare for the DA? What the and, fuck is going on? Yeah, but then it brings about, well, wouldn't Carlo 
be awaiting trial if everybody knew. Uh, so this I don't holds know up how with that, that but it doesn't explain. Well, then why is I would assume? I mean, we saw with what's his face with uh, what's his name? Uh, the Hook, Henry the Hook. Is that his name? Yes. Yeah. 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 Henry. Yeah, Harry the Hook. Harry the I'm Hook. sorry. Apologies to wait. To, uh, Harry, hold on. All right, so I'm looking up the season two uh, synopsis of episode one. Sometime I'm after the up Harry the Hook. Sometime after the events of last season, a shackled Michael Desiato in prison for tax evasion is involuntarily fed via NASA gastric Fuck tube. Off. In prison for tax evasion. Don't you fucking tell me that. What? So they just fucking put him in prison after that and think that we're not going to... Yo, there's no way. Does Bestie say that? Do we have to rewatch episode one? I, I, I mean, are, we might be stupid here. Uh, I, I can't believe that we're finding out that he was in prison for tax evasion. And, like, why is he, why is he leaving prison? I mean, I guess, like, maybe because his son is murdered. But I feel like he was he left prison and was completely ashamed because it was revealed that he was just a crooked judge and that's how everybody's treating him right exactly outside. god damn it i had your honor in the first half not gonna lie fuck damn, what a comeback man. what a comeback for your honor yeah what a real round. twist is that <laughs> damn it what the but fuck yo, yo that is so fucking that is ridiculous please it, anybody anybody who uh listens to this and is a your honor watcher Please let us know if you knew that Michael was in prison for tax evasion because every I feel like everybody assumed that he had to be in there for throwing the case. Friend of the podcast, Michael Hurley, I'm probably going to – I'll wait and let him listen to this episode that he is among the Your Honor watchers who jumped on the Patreon. I'm going to ask him because he's like the only other person in my life who watches Your Honor. Yeah. God damn, man. That So I'm upset for a couple of reasons. A, that I missed something like that. But B, that that was there because I legitimately would have quit Your Honor. I wouldn't have quit Your Honor. I would have loved it even more if I knew they were doing something that ridiculous. I mean, on top of like the, the, the assumption that he went to jail for throwing the case because that was the crux of, of last season. Uh, was there – do you remember any sort of reference to him not paying his taxes? No, and I mean, you, you see how diligent he is with his banking. Yeah, I don't think that he's. Oh, that uh, that's crazy. Or was tax evasion? They like they Did had they to pin, get him. Did on they something? pin it on him? Yeah, I have no idea. Oh my god! And oh no, fuck his relationship with uh with Costello. Come on, she's not that mad at him because he fucking skipped out on his taxes. The shit that she gives him the first half of this season, she's so fucking mad that he betrayed her throughout that whole Yeah, process. well, I, I think that she knows, but I, I don't know if it's public knowledge. So Costello, the most by-the-fucking-book person, is letting that slide? That he fucking threw a trial for a murderer? Get out. But maybe she's maybe she's protecting the DA's office, you know? Like, maybe she doesn't want to fuck herself. By fucking over the DA's office. Um, man, I'll tell you who could go fuck herself is Your Honor with this <laughs> because now it's making me think, and that is never something that Your Honor has had. No, to do. the more you have to think about this show, the the worse it's putting itself in in a position. Like it, Your Honor has made me right. It's like I prepare for Your Honor discussions like it's a fucking stand up set <laughs> because it's like okay, like what is our material? for this but it never makes me think god all right we're gonna try to get to the bottom of yeah, that. yeah this is this um, is really this is something that i can't believe is is taking this long to address we've got like two episodes left and we're like wait why is michael why was michael in prison <laughs> no i mean it was for skipping his vegetables <laughs> yeah fair <laughs> he was he wouldn't take two more bites so they threw him in jail uh and here's a question for fed him you sure um, this is a little bit more simple than the one we just dissected. I hope. Are we supposed to care about Big Mo and Janelle? Yo, I know, man. And that cover, that version of Dangerous Woman sucked. It, it was bad, man. It was bad. I was like, whoa. Like, 
they're in New Orleans, and a local legend is taking the stage. And I don't know, maybe Big Mo just <laughs> made them say that. I'm seeing the horns. I'm like, yo, these are about to be some some grade A musicians hitting me with an arrangement that's gonna blow my mind. And I'll tell you what, it was much worse after I had just watched La La Land the night before. So ah. a jazz club scene following uh, a viewing of La La Land really has to stick the landing, and it did not. Yeah, man. I mean, I think doing any sort of rendition of a Max Martin song is probably tough because the original has been like genetically engineered with as much sugar and salt and fat to be the most amazing thing for your ears to get. But man, I was watching that and I was like, kind of wish Ari was there and everybody's just doing dangerous woman. Uh, yeah, I don't really care about that, which is weird because I cared about the Big Mo storyline kind of as much as I cared about anything this season. Yeah, but, but like the more I think about it, especially if this show is not going beyond a season two, why the fuck did we need a Big Mo love storyline? You're right. It, You're it's, right. It's totally useless. And with For t- season two, for this point of the show's purposes, Big Mo should be there to interfere with the Baxter family. Yes. And I mean, I guess they're they're humanizing her by showing that she like, has the ability about to people. love. Yeah. But I thought that in season one, I thought that she was like kind of like Jimmy. Yeah, and you where and she's you also could have thoughtful business person who's ruthless when they need to be, right. but and like, you, she wants you to take easily, care of Eugene. You could have easily achieved that with her relationship with Eugene like exactly. or her relationship with uh with Lilmo like yeah. or Chris after his brother dies like there's a plenty of opportunity to flesh out Big Mo as a human character that has emotions beyond just being a, a crime boss but where your honor really spreads itself thin is by constantly introducing new characters to serve a singular purpose and then not really fleshing them out yeah and they i feel like they have to catch us up with Chris pretty fast. Like they they bring his character along pretty fast, which which makes sense though that he is not the second in command for most of this show and then something horrible happens to him and he's like, "Fuck, what do I do? Who do I get back for this?" Mm-hmm. So the 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 kind of hair trigger reaction, I know this takes place this this one set in the future. It's not unbelievable that chris would no definitely not. rise this quickly to where he is now and i also think that it gives uh it's it's a nice uh it's a nice twist to the desire storyline where like there's infighting within desire like they're they're battling themselves and the baxters like that that's totally fine by me and i yeah. I, I just don't think that janelle needs to be involved in this whatsoever and i don't think that big mo needed a love storyline to show that she's human. Yeah. And Chris is just kind of the latest. This show has so many anti-heroes, you know? Yeah. And are like are we going to see Lil Mo again? Got to, right? Like I I think that I mean, I would assume that him and Chris believe, are are yeah. going to link link up and and if they haven't already for uh the for hitting the the trap. I didn't see I didn't see Lil, uh Lil Mo. But he I know. could have been involved. Yeah. And they they have the little, hey, Chris is the next little Mo thing of when he lets the girl go. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I've known Chris for five seconds. I already knew he wasn't He wasn't a bad him. dude. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. He's, not, he's not needlessly killing his, his, like, his own crowd. Yeah, he's a he's just pissed criminal. At, he's, he's just pissed at like Big a, Mo. That's it. Yeah, he's criminal he's not like a homicidal <laughs> yeah. crazy person um, not yet not yet yeah, uh, could could get uh, there in the next 15 minutes of the show do have to call out i think the most racist thing that's ever been said in your honor history Ooh, i'm excited about this one gina brings big mo the bottle of liquor yeah. for the opening yeah and do you know what she says? I, I, I know what she's... I, I don't remember what she... I know she said something, but I don't remember what it was. 
she she gives it to to Big Mo, and there's a lot of repartee between these two. Mm-hmm. A lot of repartee. Big standoff episode for Gina and Big Mo. Yes, and to be honest, I liked the I I preferred the Big Mo Jimmy showdowns, but as we learn more and more that Gina's the most dangerous person in that family, it is appropriate for standoffs to occur between she and Big Mo instead of Jimmy and Big Mo. But she gives Big Mo the bottle. Big Mo says thank you in like a kind of repartee sort of way. Mm -hmm. And she says, quote, thought you'd appreciate a change from malt liquor. (laughs) Yeah. And even Carlo lets out like a, Jesus. <laughs> it's because Carlos smart now. Mother. <laughs> yeah. And so did you think that that was a poison bottle? It still could be. Still could be. Uh, I didn't think that she'd be that that stupid. Exactly. The, and the, the show Even in this show. So much, right. I think it was more red herring stuff because they kept showing the bottle. They kept showing both of them drinking it. They showed Gina turning it down and they just show gina being super racist yeah also gina uh hit carlo with the line in this episode uh don't forget yeah. don't forget wh- where you came out of or remember Said you came, you out, came of out of me and i was i was like seriously waiting for you want to come into me come <laughs> into me yeah I was waiting for it, and I was like, "Oh, damn! Okay, we're not we're not there yet, but we've got two more episodes for these two to fuck." <laughs> I gotta say, I've never really thought this this series. I, I, there were some moments in this episode where, if I'm the director, I'm like, "Cut! Hope you want to take that one again." <laughs> there, yeah. like, there were a couple where I was like, "Either Gina's being too ridiculous." Or Hope Davis is being too ridiculous. And maybe I have Stockholm Syndrome with Gina, where like I'm not blaming Gina for being a fucking absurd character. But I'm like, that wasn't great. Must be the actress's fault. Yeah, no, I, I think it's definitely um it's definitely the writing. Cause even the scene with uh with Stuhlbarg in Hope Davis where Gina tells um Jimmy that She'll like never love him again, and that she blames him for killing Rocco. We know we've heard this a million times, but like this was kind of like a this is not going to change, Jimmy pal. Uh, I'm never going to love you again. And even even the acting from Stuhlbarg in that scene was not good. And if you are making Stuhlbarg look tough, it's it's probably the sh- the fault of the show. Yeah, but I mean, there Stuhlbarg has great moments. In this show. Definitely in does. This season, that was not one of them. I, I still go back to last season when he's talking about family to Fia. And he says, like, I love you. I love Carlo. I loved Rocco. And then he stops and he says, I love Rocco. And he gets this, like, unbelievable Michael Stuhlbarg face. Where I'm like, yo, what can't fucking Stuhlbarg do? God damn. Love him. Uh, two questions. Three if you add in the huge one of like what the fuck was this season even about that we just uh, happened upon but do we see do we see Carmine Conti again I would fucking hope so <laughs> wouldn't surprise me if they were just yeah. like yeah 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 he's done no I, so no so i i think we're going to see an inevitable split between um um Gina and Jimmy like that's going to mm-hmm. be a further divide and you're going to have like maybe Carlo and Jimmy versus Gina and Carmine, or maybe uh, the, uh, Gina and Carmine snag Carlo. It's something. There's going to be like a, a civil war of the Baxters, even more so than than already exists. So I expect Carmine to be involved. Here is the guy that I think is coming back, Frankie. I think uh, you talk Ooh. about you talk about um, uh, Rosie Perez's character saying that she needs somebody who's close to the Baxters who's willing to betray them. She's she's honing in on Fia. Fia doesn't want to talk. She doesn't want to uh, throw her own family under the bus. But a, a person who, who may very well be willing to do that, who knows the inner workings of the Baxters, is Frankie, who got unceremoniously fired for no reason and now may have a bone to pick with the Baxters. So if 
Rosie Perez comes calling. Frankie could be your golden ticket. Excellent work, Peter. Excellent. And again, like if the show is smart, it does that. I don't know if it does, but excellent work. Great point. But even uh, like even if it does do that, are we going to be satisfied? Because like there's no explanation to really why Jimmy turned on Frankie and fired Frankie and and like especially if like a successful businessman who's looking out for his own interests and protecting his own interests be very dumb to create an enemy out of out of thin air for a it's guy Will who Smith is your... slapping Chris Rock. Yeah, right. It was a hurt people, yeah, yeah, hurt people fair. sort of thing and it was like a you're the, the easy person. target. Yeah, who's exactly. not going to fight back. Uh, yeah. My favorite question though is the next episode of Your Honor. You know what that is? The penultimate. It's the penultimate episode, which historically are among the best in a show's run, sometimes even the best episode of a series. Will the next episode of Your Honor be the best episode of Your Honor? The betting odds are no minus three million. (laughs) I'm guessing it will not be. But will it be the craziest? Like, you can't say the best. Will it be the craziest? Mm, okay, that's and that bar has been set extremely high already this season by like two episodes ago. I want to say like episode yeah. six was fucking insane. I, I can't st- imagine like the, the Chet Hanks episode. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say no. Your Honor never does what it's supposed to do, and here's where you would think it always it always zags when you think it's gonna zig. It- and the one thing so that, here's where it should the really one consistent go off the, rails. the one consistent for your honor is that it loses steam as it goes along. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then it explodes. And yeah. You're like, how did it explode? <laughs> it would be ah. a. It would be very funny though if um if, if season one essentially followed or season two essentially followed the exact same trajectory as I guess it's not the exact same trajectory because season one started off incredible like in the first two episodes and then progressively lost steam this one picked up some some heavy steam and then if it goes off the rails it'll be following the the arc of the second half of season one ah yeah all right all right well this has been a bonus episode which you can get on patreon.com slash listen to brunch. This one was a freebie, but hope you uh, get subsequent ones on there. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for our continued Oscars content because, boy, it's going to be good. YouTube.com slash at listen to brunch. Lay bye.